Welcome to our online service, East West Church. We do appreciate you so much being here, and I believe today is a good day for you. This is going to be a mini service because we have a special guest at our church today, Dr. James Payne, and we're looking forward to that. But for those that, that are at home or in their office or on the road, we appreciate you watching this with my son, Ariel. It's going to be a good time. We are not scripted it. We've not, this is impromptu. So if we make a mistake, hey, just, just go with it with us. But uh, if you're watching this by Facebook, don't forget to, uh, to uh, share this video. Uh, I believe it will help someone else. And also, if you're on YouTube, share the channel. Share the channel. God is good. What would you like to say before we get started today? I'm just thankful to be here with everybody. I'm thankful for what God's doing in our ministry. And it takes all of us coming together that we are the body of Christ made up of many members. And as we unite together, uh, you coming and watching this is making a difference. Your generosity is making a difference. And I'm just thankful for what uh, the purpose and the destiny that God has for us. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask Kent, my son here, to go ahead and start and read 1 John 4, 17. And we're going to walk it down to 21. And wherever the discussion flows, it just flows. So bear with us here as we have some spiritual fun. Go ahead, son. All right. Start with 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. It says this in the King James Version. Here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And understand the context. Most theologians agree that John the Beloved wrote this. Now, if John the Beloved, in fact, did write this, I believe he had the heart of Christ. I believe that he, he knew the nature of of Christ. Uh, I mean, here John the Beloved wrote the book of Revelations. So he, he, he was in tune with the Spirit. So when he says these words, yeah. I believe that he knew what Christ was thinking. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't John the Beloved, he was younger than most of the others. Right. And he spent a lot of time almost like a little brother to Jesus. He spent a lot of close time with him. Well, obviously the Scripture records that he was close enough to him he could hear his heart beat. He laid his hand, head on his chest. He loved Jesus, and Jesus loved him. So I believe this ver these verses carry more strength then. Herein is our love made perfect. He's referencing people worrying about standing in the judgment day, standing before uh, Christ. And so when he says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, you understand that we can enter into the throne of grace. When you enter into the throne of God, we can even stand at any judgment seat and feel complete if we understand the, 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 the last few words of this verse. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Yeah. Which means if we're like Jesus, we act like Jesus, we do the works of Christ, then when judgment comes, it, there'll be no problem. There'll be no punishment because we're acting like him. So that, that kind of love is what keeps us all together. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? I mean, you... Yeah, I mean, his love conquers all. His love did conquer all. God, God himself is love, and love came down and laid upon a cross for us. No one forced him to do it. And that love on a cross conquered all so that we could stand with boldness as we receive his love, receive him as Lord, so we can stand in victory, and we can stand uh, as conquerors because he has conquered all. Which takes away... People that living in condemnation constantly. And, and it should take away our anxiety. Right. 
Because how can I be anxious of something if I already have the solution to something? That's what he's saying. Anxiety comes when I'm trying to to find solution. Right. I'm trying to work my way through the maze. Right. But when I have the key master, when I have the door, who is Jesus? All things should be be well. Well, that's the way I see this verse. He's giving them an admonition. He's saying, don't worry about it. If you act like Christ, you do the works of Christ, you have no problem. Now, let's go on into the next verse. Okay. Verse 18. First John chapter 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And that's a, a, a two-edged sword here. When you understand what he's saying, do you want to add anything before I say anything to that? Yeah, I just, I, I, real quick, I just want to come up to verse 15, which says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him Amen. and you in God. Amen. And so when we're talking about God is love, he's saying when you have confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart, you've received me, you have actually entered into love. Absolutely. You've entered into love, and Jesus says, I and you and you and me. So you've entered into love, and love has entered into you. So there's no room for anything else but love. And then it, it continues on and says, and by this, we're being made perfect, you know? Right. And so I just wanted to, to hit that real quick because in verse 18, there says no, no fear in love because mm -hmm. when you've entered into love with God, there's no room for anything else. You really could have put any word there, not just fear. There's no room for anything else but God right. if you've truly entered into this, this covenant relationship with Him. Man, do you understand how many people in, in, right now living around us, how many of them are living in fear? I want you to think about that for a moment. They, they call themselves Christians, but they're living in fear. But fear has, love has a way of eradicating fear. So you're finding people that are anxious, they're depressed, they're, 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 they're so nervous. There's really no reason to move in fear if you've got faith, if you've got love, because it gives you hope. So that's where I'm coming from. When I read this verse, it's... It, it, and I, I think it's powerful, in, uh, verse 15, what we just read, where he said, if you confess... If you confess, you've entered into love with God. And it, then it says in the ESV on verse 17, and by this, by what? By you confessing, by you believing, by you entering into him, by this, love is perfecting us so that we will have confidence. And I think, too, today we need to pray at the end of this for people that are walking in a spirit of fear because there's people that are tormented out there right now, maybe someone in your home. And to me, that can be washed away, eradicated through loving Jesus and letting his love abide in you. Amen? Yeah, and I, I want to say something. There's no fear in love. And, and if you remember uh, about a month or a few weeks ago, I did a message at East West Online and both in the, in the live service where I ministered how Jesus called Lazarus forth and at that moment, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus was alive in that very moment. And so you could say he was saved, as we are when we confess with our mouth. We're saved in that moment when we receive Jesus. But what Lazarus had to do was when he came out of the tomb, he had to take the death robes off. Amen. And so when we confess and believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and it says God dwelleth in him and he in God, we have to take off the old 
the old robes of death, and we have to put on the new robes of righteousness and love and not be covered in these things. Because it says in verse 18, there's no fear in love. But Absolutely. perfect love, but perfect love is we're being made perfect, and perfect love casts out fear. So it actually takes off the old. It enables you and empowers you to throw off what is no longer needed Powerful. so that your house is made clean, so that your house is made clean and ready to receive the fullness of love in your life. And when we're saying love, we're not just talking about an aff affectionate emotion. We're talking about God, person, who is everything. Amen. Verse 19, Just it's a very small verse. Go ahead, son. All right, verse 19, 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. Now, there's no disputing that. There's no way we could have loved him the way that he loves us. So he loved us first, and we walk into that love. That's what he's trying to say. <clears throat> the love is already there. The door to love is there, which Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the door. I, he said that I am the door. So when we walk through that door, we walk into his love. And so when we walk into his love, it's, it's, it's we are starting to walk in a state of perfection because love perfects us. You agree to that? Yeah, I believe, I believe it. I believe that. He is the way, uh, he is the truth, he is the life, and the Holy Spirit leads us to know God. Uh, he loves us so much that we're not as smart as we think we are. Yeah. Without the Holy Spirit, we would have never even been able to recognize or find him. But he loved us so much that he sent his spirit to lead us into this relationship to, to see him. Yeah, I mean, you can look around and you can see that the sun is beautiful and you can see the trees in it in some form or fashion. You you, you know there's there must be a, a creator that created this. But the Holy Spirit leads you into an intimate relationship with him because he loves you. He loves you so much he leads you into that relationship. So, yeah, we love him because he first loved us. He, he gave us opportunity. Isn't that great? He did the, he, he's the one that reached out in love first, not us. So... I believe we adequately covered that. How about verse 20? Do you want me to read it? Well, I can read it. <clears throat> if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Are you hearing this? If you say you love God and you hate your brother, you despise your brother, you loathe your brother, then he says you're a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? That's a potent potent verse. I hear a lot of people, <clears throat> even confessed Christians, well, I love everybody here, but there are some people that I'm, I'm just, I can't forgive them. I just can't do it. I don't want to be in their presence. I don't want to see them. Um, actually, I, 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 I loathe them. Well, if we're reading the scripture correctly, we're, we're liars. We're not Christians. We're, we're still Mankind, we're still humankind. We still are filled with carnal emotions. So, is that what you see in that verse? <clears throat> if we read twenty. If a man say, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar, because what we just keep coming around to. It says, "Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him." Well, if God dwells in you, you are no longer yourself, because God is now within you. You have a new nature. You've come back to that. That, that beginning nature that he created you in his image and his likeness. And so you are a liar because how can you receive something and not become what you've received? That's good. And it should have changed our nature. Yeah. It should have. 
So you can say it all you want. That's why it's, it's, we say this a lot in, in our ministry. You say, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Because there's a lot of things you can say with your mouth. And you know, Jesus said it. You can honor with your, your lips, but your heart's far from me. Right. And so we confess with our mouth and we receive him in our heart. There's a work there. There's a receiving there. There's a sowing of, of, his, of his word as a seed in our heart, which produces a fruit in our life. And so you really are a liar. You're saying with your mouth one thing, but there's no fruit of God in your life. Because he ends it with how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In other words, if you can't love your brother, who you look at him, how can you love God whom you've not seen? He's really questioning that. He's really putting it on the table about love. That's how strong love is. So that's, that's good. You want to read the last verse? Sure. Verse 21. <laughs> and this commandment, have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also? I mean, how do you how do you explain that away? They try to explain it away by saying, "Well, you don't know what Ariel did to me. You don't know what Bishop did to me. You don't know what Clay did to me." You understand that we don't have that right anymore. He's saying it very clearly. <clears throat> We love God, we must love our brother also. Because if we cannot love our brother, which is supposedly when you call them brother, they have Christ too. So if you cannot love the Christ in him, then how can you really love God whom you've not seen? I mean, it's very difficult there. We have to understand that everybody has, if you've accepted Christ, as you read earlier, then he comes and lives in them. So that I, I can't just look at Ariel in the flesh. I have to see Ariel after the spirit and know that he's after he's truly hungering to do what Christ would have him do. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if we've entered into that relationship with God and God is in us and we have the nature of God at work in us, then we have to be like God. And one thing that God does is he sees us as we are, as he created us. He doesn't see us in our current moment. He sees us who, who the potential, he sees who he actually, the true Alan. Right. You know? And so we have to do that too for our brother. And and how do we see them grow into all that God has for them? We love we love them into it. And, and people have uh, made love such a small word. They've made love such a thing like, you know, just giving someone a hug. But love is... It, is so much more. If God is love, then God has to be everything. If God is love, then the I am is love. That's right. Which is everything. So if you preach the message of, of, of I am, I am this, I am this, I am this, then I, I am, the love is I am. Because God is that, you know? And I think, I'm not, maybe I'm not misquoting this, but, it, but isn't faith doesn't even operate without love. I mean, somehow love has got to be present or there's, there's no faith because yeah. you're actually denying that there is a brotherhood. If, you're, if you hate your brother, you're actually hating the God in him. Well, how can we have faith but by the word? You have For faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Right. Jesus is the word and Jesus is God. God is love. So how can we have faith without love? You, you have to have it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 all there, you know, and I and I've had this conversation a lot with people recently. But we we say we're Christians, and we but we're not Christ-like. 
We say we, we uh, love God, but it reveals it here. But do we love our brother? We're quick to, to cut off our brother. We're quick to cut off our friends. And we're quick to cut off people that we deem unnecessary or unfit or not, or, um, are not good. You know, even someone that's been a, a, a great lover of God and, and done great and mighty things for his kingdom, one mistake and we're, we're quick to cut them off and say you're good for nothing. But that's not the message of Jesus. It's not love. What was what they did was wrong? Sure it was. Sure. But are we to, to cut them off, cut the branch off and throw them in the fire? Or are we by love to equip them and enable them to heal? to be healed and whole and to to walk in the nature of God. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus wouldn't just uh, completely destroy every person. Matter of fact, right, Bishop, didn't the the apostles say, shouldn't we just call fire down from heaven and and take care of this? And and Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're you're of right right now. So that's obviously not the heart of God in every situation. God's not quick just to destroy God, God sent his son that we would have an opportunity for life. Mm-hmm. And that opportunity is always available, right? right. It's not just available uh, once. If I make a mistake, the opportunity is still available exactly. for me now. And true. so if we're Christ-like and we're connected to his body as, as his body made up of many members, then our goal is to show forth his nature. And his nature is to lift up those that are hurting. Right. Even if what they've done is wrong, we don't, we don't accept what they've done. But we can't we can't condemn everybody every time we see them and dwell in it. We live in it. You can't live in that uh, that that unforgiving uh, state of life. You can't do that. You have to because, you know, if you do something wrong, what do you want? You want forgiveness. Yeah, I want to. I mean, as a child. And, and the Bible refers to us as going through a process and we start off as children and it says we have to grow up in our salvation but as children, if if they ate wrong, you don't you don't kick them out of your house, you don't stone them, you don't you don't uh, kill them, you don't say, "Child, you're good for nothing" because you don't know how to put a spoon in your mouth. You get by that child, and you help the child learn to eat. Right. You learn. You know. I mean, we went to hibachi. This is funny. When I was a kid, I went to hibachi with you, and and uh, the grill was hot at hibachi. And you said, don't touch that. It's very hot. And I touched it, you remember? Oh, yeah. But once I touched it, you didn't say, you idiot. No. Get out of my house. You good for nothing. You didn't listen to me this time. You're not going to listen to me the next time. Well, look at me now. I'm, I'm a son of God. I've, I've learned to minister his word and to have an intimate relationship with God. But if you would have in that moment, because I made a mistake and didn't listen to you, I would have been out on the road and I probably would be dead because as a child, I have no maturity to live. Right. That's true. And so if people, not just, we're not talking about a physical age, people when they first receive Christ, They're they're babies, no matter what age you are. And many people haven't matured beyond that because it's not a yearly thing. It's a, it's a maturity and a process of intimacy with God. But many people are still babies. Right. But the moment that baby makes a mistake, and I'm sorry if that offends you uh, being called a baby. Not all are babies, but some are. And when we make a mistake, we immediately just say, you're good for nothing. You know, even teenagers make a mistake. Even adults make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wrong is wrong. 
and, and, and we believe it. We believe sin is sin for sure. But God has called us out of this that we are being, we are being perfected. That's right. You can't be perfected if you keep destroying what is being molded and crafted. I agree. You know. Well, I believe we've touched these four verses, uh, or five verses here, I guess it is. I believe we really touched on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was fun just talking without a script. Yeah. And so let's, let's end with, with a quick thought about, about the awakening. Okay. Because what we've been talking about here is, is the love of God being perfected in us mm-hmm. and that we take on the nature of God. But I believe um, to step into what we're talking about, this love, is we have to awaken to it. Right. Because many people are saying things with their mouth, but they're not opening their eyes into, into um, what God's called them. He's called us out of something into something, and it's time to wake, awaken into it. I agree. So what's your thoughts there well, about something? You know, we're creating a dream to awaken the world. And what are, we, what are we doing? We're trying to present Christ, the Christ, not, you know, they see him as some kind of warrior coming to kill people. He is the man of peace. He's the, he is the God of love. Yes, sin is sin, and sin is rebellion against God, but we have an advocate with the Father after we come to Christ. If we make a mistake, then we have that lawyer, Jesus Christ, which covers us. So I, I'm just I'm convinced that God is trying to awaken us to who he really is, awaken us to his nature, Awaken us to really what the word of what his word is saying. Quit taking it out of context. Read it in context and realize who he is. And uh, he didn't die on the cross just to to bluff us. He died on the cross to save us. He saved the world for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody, everything on it. He wanted to be the savior of all things. So I thank God for that. So the awakening is us coming to the realization of him and then who we are in him yeah. and what we can accomplish. Yeah, and I'd like, I'd like for us to be awakened into the understanding that, that God is not just God afar from us. Amen. And he's not just God uh, walking hand in hand with us. Right. We are, he has joined us to him. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are my branches. We are not another plant. We're not, not another tree that's being perfected into glory. I agree. We are being, what the perfection is, is growing deeper into Christ, joining tighter in our unity with him as one plant, as one body, and, and understanding on the cross that when he joined those two sticks together by his body, he was joining a people to himself. Amen. And so I want us to understand that and awaken into that because at that moment, love truly casts out fear when you know that you're not in this alone. God is not far from you. You may not be able to hear him every moment, but God is perfecting giving your ears to know that you're in a, in a relationship with him, not just hand in hand, but you're one body with him. Amen. You're one body. He's the head of his church. He is the tree of life. He is the vine, and you are his branches. Stop thinking in your perception and your ideas that we're separate from him, needing him to constantly come down or constantly be poured out. And I'm not talking about Jesus' return. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about continually coming into a service and, and expecting, needing more outpouring or more, uh, Jesus, just give me this, pour it out. But 
if I understand that I'm one in him, it's not a pouring out from me. It's a nutrient flowing through the vine, through the branch as one plant. I agree. And the roots of God are supplying the branches. It's not me separate trying to receive from him. I'm a part of him and his blood and his nature and his everything should flow through me if I can if I can grasp that. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's something that I believe that it's a continual, it's a waking up. And you have to. On a daily basis, you have to walk into different dimensions of being awake. Yeah. And I thank God for that. Not not me, Lord. You. Here I am. Use me. You know, I, I want I want your heart. I want to know you. Amen. Want to know you more. Well, let's pray. I'll tell you what, you start off praying and I'll finish it up. Go ahead. Well, church, we love you. And we thank you for taking this time with us. If you have a need, we're going to pray for that right now. And so what we want to do is we want you to understand that we're a part of the same body. Amen. So we're not praying apart from you. We're praying with you as the body. So step into that, awaken into that as we pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. God, we love you. You're high above all things, Jesus. Father, we thank you that right now every person that's listening to this is being awakened in their spirit. God, awakened into this new life that you have died for. God, it's a perfect, it's a perfect plan. It's a perfect will that you've completed on the cross. Father, I thank you. God, I ask that you touch their hearts, touch their minds, and touch their bodies. Father, and although what we had was unscripted and very simple in nature, God, I ask that it deliver. And I ask that it be... uh, a seed in their heart that grows and produces a mighty fruit for your kingdom. God, we thank you for all that you are in our lives, and we thank you for all that you've accomplished, Jesus. Father, we thank you that that you are with us and that you're leading us and that you're guiding us. We just so love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Father, as we conclude, I want to mention those people walking in fear. Lord, that they're so anxious. I'm asking you now to touch them, to anoint them, to strengthen them, and help them, God, right now. I know you hear my prayer, and I know, God, there's a change and an awakening that's upon us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, it shall come to pass. Amen. Amen. We thank you for watching today. Until next time, we're praying for you, and please pray for us. And don't forget to come out and visit us at East West Church, 1015 Sunday mornings. God bless you.